0: Amen. Let me turn my microphone on. I was getting into the music. That's one of my most <laughs> one of my most favorite songs. Um, so I've already got a loud voice. So do I really need the microphone. Probably not, but it helps. Can you hear me better now? All right. So tonight we're going to be talking about. I'm sorry. I'm so loud. I prayed for a few things this week. One of those was to slow down when I speak. And to do that, I decided to choose one of the biggest books in the book of Acts, or the biggest uh, chapters in the book of Acts. So tonight we're going to be talking about uh, Stephen. We'll be camping out in Acts 7, but I have a question for you guys. And the question is, have you ever been in an argument, you know you have all of the ammo to win, but you know the outcome is not Going to be good. I like how the smaller ones are shaking their heads. Okay. So, who's, who's ever been in one of those? And what was the result? What do you got, Evelyn? Okay. So, who was in the right in that argument? Was it you or? Okay. Oh, oh very confident. Right, so tonight we're going to be. Con- <laughs> Thank you, because that's perfect. Because tonight we're going to be talking about confidence in faith and confidence that we have in Christ as our Savior. And we're actually going to be talking about uh, death and murder and just awesome stuff. So, who can tell me what a martyr is? Joseph, a is for his, for his Are there any martyrs in the Bible? very good I, I guess I'm done right, so Stephen. so Stephen was considered uh, one of the first martyrs, but before he was a martyr in chapter six is where we 'll start, but we'll be in in seven and just a little bit of eight, mostly, uh, but chapter six, starting in verse five, or actually just in chapter six period they were the disciples were trying to they were getting weighed down, they were getting weighed down by serving the the Hellenistic Jews that came to them and said that their wives and their mothers. Their wives and their widowed mothers were without service, basically. And so they decided, so they got together. And they said, we're going to choose seven people. We're going to choose seven people to serve. And that sounds a lot like, for us, it sounds like deacons or, or deacons in the church. And so there's a list of names they give. And the seven names they give, they uh, talk about, it says, and they, in, in verse 6 or verse 5, it says, and, they, and what they said pleased the whole gathering. And then they chose Stephen a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. And Philip, who we see again in Acts, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a a proselyte of Antioch. But he said, they said it before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. We've been over in deacon ordination, most of them have, and it's, it's the same thing that we do for deacons here. But... It continues on in verse 7, it said, and God continued to increase. So now that the apostles were able to preach and study and and pray and and prepare the messages and and bring people closer to Christ, it says, and "And a great many priests became obedient to the faith. That's awesome. Well, in verse 8, it says, and Stephen, who you already know, is full of the Holy Spirit. It says, Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Where did we see this before play out? Who do we see this play out with? Sunday school answer. Hey, Good job. So we saw that in Jesus. And as you see this, as we read the story and we dig a little deeper, we're going to see that a lot of this parallels the same timeline, not timeline, but the same events that took place with uh, Jesus Christ. And it says in Stephen, or it says, then some of those who belong to the synagogue of the free men, As it was called, it was a a synagogue of free free Jews. And it says, uh, and of the Alexandrians and of those of and Asia rose up and disputed with him." But verse 10 says, they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Sound familiar? It's pretty wild. And so they go through, so 11 through 15 talks about uh, basically building a case against Stephen that never existed. So they conspire um, with people to bear false witness to Stephen. Telling telling everybody that he's going to destroy the temple. That he's still speaking the word that Jesus Christ preached or that Jesus Christ spread about he's going to destroy the temple. Because in Matthew, or not Matthew, but he talks about it in... uh, I lost my place, but that's fine. But he talks about it in Matthew 23, at the very end of it when he talks about destroying it, right? And it says... And so this is, where, this is where chapter 7 starts, and this is where it gets awesome. Because in chapter 7, the, the title of chapter 7 is Stephen's speech. And Stephen goes way back. And so the, the Sanhedrin, the high priest, he says, and the high priest says, starting in verse 1, it says, and the high priest said, are these things so? And Stephen's like, hold my Dr. Pepper. Right? Because then he starts ripping into him. He digs into, he starts all the way back to Abraham. He talks about the blessing that God told Abraham he was going to provide. And if you remember the story of Abraham, he couldn't wait. How are you going to give me a child if I'm 90 something years old? So he he continues on and he talks about uh, Abraham bearing or Abraham finally having, having a child having Isaac, and then he gives Isaac the uh, covenant of circumcision. Eight days later, he circumcises Isaac. Isaac bears Jacob. Jacob bears the 12 leaders of Israel, including Joseph. My campers in here know who Joseph are, or is, terrible, but who know, know who Joseph is. We know that during Joseph's time, Joseph was sold to Egypt, or he was, he was taken to Egypt. He was sold and taken to Egypt by his brothers. He was full of grace. He was telling his brothers, what things were happening he was prophesying their dreams he was decoding them saying this is what's happening and they're like no thank you so they get rid of him okay so he goes to egypt and then if you remember uh joseph is in egypt he's in jail he saves two people and he's he's picked up by the pharaoh and the pharaoh loves him and he becomes second in command and he tells the pharaoh there's going to be a great famine and so he He prepares the the Pharaoh's kingdom for this famine, and his brothers, as they go into this famine, his father, Jacob, goes, well, there's grain in Egypt, you need to go. Understand that this isn't the story of Joseph, this is Stephen telling them the story of the Old Testament, reminding them of the things that they did or did not do. So his brothers go, and on the second visit, if you remember, he reveals himself, happy family, everybody comes back, and everybody dies, and they get... uh, Buried in their hometown. But here's the thing. It doesn't stop there. Stephen continues to talk to him. Because what, what happens uh, after Joseph? Well, there's this dude named Moses. Right? And so Moses comes along. He's born. The second, the, the, the second Pharaoh that took over from the last one that Joseph was under was not kind to the Jewish people. And so he said, you have to put your sons outside so that basically they can die. Well, if you remember the story or if you've ever seen Ben-Hur, funny, some of you don't even know that movie. But if you've ever seen that movie or you know this story, you know that Moses was picked up by an Egyptian and raised as an Egyptian and became a warrior for Egypt, Egypt. And so 40 years he spends as an Egyptian. And one day he gets a calling from God and he goes to the Jewish people. And there is a Egyptian soldier berating and beating a Jewish guy. Moses steps in, kills the guy. And he says, and he flees, right? And he goes away. But he has a calling to go back and talk to them. So he goes back and he talks to those guys. And he goes up and they're arguing. And he tries to separate them. And he says, you know, we're brothers. You shouldn't fight. And he's like, are you going to kill that guy too? And so Joseph is like, or not Joseph, but Moses is like, I got to go. And so M- Moses leaves. Well, while Moses is gone, God comes to him and he tells him after 40 years, he has two sons. And after 40 years, God comes to him and he tells him, he says, you need to free my people. Well, we know what happens when Moses comes back. Right? They're like, why are you here? Who, who are you? Who, who, who made you our, our savior? Who, who sent you? And then Moses does great and many wonders and he frees his people from Egypt and he takes them to the Red Sea and he parts it. I like to think that like they're fishing like the walls of the water, like the fishers move either way. But he takes them through the Red Sea. He performs all these things. He t- takes them to the forest. And then what happens after that? Well, they didn't get to the promised land when he told them to. So now they're upset. So Moses goes and they talk to this is the, Jew, the Jewish people now. Huh? So the Moses goes, and then now they want a god. They want a god that they can physically see. So they make a calf. I can worship a calf because it's physical and I can see it. Right. Well, again, he's reminding them of the things that the Jewish people had avoided, or they didn't want to follow. God's plan and we see that all throughout the Old Testament and this is a good this this book all the way in the New Testament is a great reminder of those things and he keeps going and he talks about when we've made it down to uh verse 40 where they're talking about when when the Jewish people say say to Aaron make for us gods who will go before us for Moses has led us out from the land of Egypt we do not know what has become of him and so they made a calf and in those days they offered a sacrifice. To the calf uh, and an idol. And we and were rejoicing in the works of their hands, but God turned away, excuse me, but God turned away uh, and gave them over to worship the host of heaven, as it is written in the book of prophets. And so we see this is from uh, Amos, and it says, Did you bring me slain beasts and sacrifices? During the 40 years in the wilderness, O house of Israel. But before we continue, I know it's hard sometimes for us to memorize like a verse, a single verse. Like we all have like our theme verse. But can you imagine him going through this and repeating word for word what the Old Testament said? I'm out. I got nothing. Right. But he's coming back at him. And he says, you took up the tent of Moloch and the star of your God. My Bible says, and I looked it up and it says, or Repah. And he says, the images that you made that you made to worship and I will send you into exile beyond Babylon. So now he talks about the journey where they've gotten to. They're in Jerusalem, right? And so he's talking about this journey and he's telling them all of the things that have led up to this point that they have essentially totally dropped the ball on. Like how many more signs do you want that your God chosen people he's chosen to bring you out of exile he's chosen to bring you out of persecution what else do you want well they want a god they can see so they make a calf they have Aaron making them a calf right and it says and so if we continue on it says uh our fathers had the tent we're in verse 44 and it says our fathers had the tent of witness in the wilderness and as he spoke to Moses he directed him to make it according to the pattern that he had seen okay so, verse 44, according to the pattern that he had seen. And it says, our fathers, in turn, brought it, to, brought it in with Joshua when they dispossessed the nations that God drove out before our fathers. So it wasn't until the days of David, who found favor in the sight of God and asked to find a dwelling place, not in the wilderness, not the tent in the wilderness, but it has to find a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. But it was then Solomon who built a house for him. Yet the most high does not dwell in houses made by hands, as the prophet said, and now we are in Isaiah, and Isaiah says, "Heaven is my throne." And he says, "And the earth is my footstool. that's wild." Can you imagine? He says, "What kind of house will you build for me?" says the Lord, Or what is the place of, or what is the place of my rest? Do not my hand make all these things." So I, I may have told you this before, or some of you may have heard this before, but there's a, a scientist gets into an argument with God. This is just, for instance, it didn't really happen, but a scientist gets an argument with God, and he says, the, the scientist says, I can make anything. I have all of the things that I need to make anything. I can make a human. I can clone a sheep. I can do all these things, and God's like, okay, prove it. And so the man says, all I need is some sand. And God says, use your own sand. That's my sand. I created that. So the sign's like, oh, burn, right? So if we move into forty, if we move into 51, this is where it gets interesting. So it talks about the buildup. He has engaged this court. Understand that it's not just one guy. He's standing. It. He's standing in a room like this, and it's probably full to the brim with people that want to see him dead. So he's building it up. It's called mob violence. And so it could have started with one or two people inside of there that disagreed with him. And we saw how it was built built up. And they made these false witnesses against him. So now that's starting to dwell, or that's starting to, to swell. And you've been there. I 100% guarantee every single one of you have been there because you've sat next to somebody, you've talked to somebody, you saw something, and they said, hey, did you see that? And you may not know. He may not know. Hey, did you see that? He did this. You're like, oh, that person's a terrible person. Never knowing anything about the issue or what happened, you go, oh, okay, yeah, I believe that. Okay. And then that person turns to that person. This is what happened. Oh, my goodness. And then the story gets bigger. Next thing you know, that person crashed a plane and they're like, okay, I can't even fly. Like we see these stories and it's called mob violence or it's the mob mentality. And some of the, one of the ways we see it today is called the court of public opinion. So we'll see people get in trouble. The news is everywhere, right? And so we'll see people get in trouble. And before that person is innocent until proven guilty, the society has decided that he's guilty, she's guilty, whatever the case may be. And so a lot of the times that will influence, people will say it, it won't, but I believe that it influences some verdicts and some jury decisions in cases that are very high profile. And we see that, and it's because it gets the most attention. And so that's where Stephen is standing. Stephen's like, listen, I'm good. I know what's going to happen to me, whether it's today or in 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 years when I die. Because his faith is so strong. It says in the beginning when he was introduced that he, had, he was full of faith in the Holy Spirit. It's in the Bible. It's got to be true. So he's facing these people. And I, I wanted to explain this before he, he brings this argument up. And it, it's pretty awesome. And he says, so he's told them all these stories. And we pick up in verse 51. Follow along. It's great. And he says, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in your heart and your ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. Before I go on, anybody in here have pets or animals or even large animals? Do you guys have puppies or have you ever had a puppy? You ever put them on a leash and tried to get them to walk? What happens to their necks? Normally they sit down and they get stiff-necked and they don't want to move. You can pull real hard and you normally just drag them, but they get stiff-necked and they are not moving. So these people have decided what they are going to do already. He's reminding them of the things they have missed out on. He's reminding them of what they have done up to this point. And so if we continue on in uh, verse 51, it says, as your fathers did, so do you. Here we go. Verse 52, which of the prophets did your father, your fathers not persecute this is uh, this is a, a this is tough for me and they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one who you whom you have now betrayed and murdered you who received the law as uh, delivered by angels did not keep it who's he talking about i'll help you he's talking about jesus The Messiah has come and you've killed Him. We see the timelines and the events kind of line up now. He's saying you've done these things. If you go back and you read Matthew 23, the whole chapter looks a lot like this. And in my Bible, it's all in red because this is Jesus talking to the, the scribes and the Pharisees and He's calling them out and He's doing a lot of the same things. He's talking about a lot of the same stuff. Well, what happened to Jesus? They... They built a case around him and they had him publicly crucified. The guy that persecuted him that said he's guilty is like, this dude's not guilty. Why do you want him dead? Because he doesn't do the the things the way that we do. He's trying to ruin all of this that we have built up. Right? And so... I want to, before we get into the the last bit of this, I want to jump over to, uh, we'll start in, in Deuteronomy, right? And so, oh, I'm right here, okay, so Deuteronomy, let's go there. And this is kind of about a lot to absorb, but I want you to go to Deuteronomy 17 and start in verse two. I'm going to read it, and I'm going to turn on the wheels when I read it because I want you to understand what's happening here. And then I'm going to ask you a question when I tell you these two things. We're going to be in Deuteronomy, and we're going to be in Leviticus. So, old school. Here we go. And it says, verse two, 17, verse two reads like this: "And it said, if there is found among you, with any of your tent ta- within any of your towns, the Lord your God is giving you, a man or a woman." who does not or who does what is evil in the sight of the Lord, your God, in transgressing his covenant and has gone and served other gods and worshipped them or the sun or the moon. Remember, he reminded them of when they did that. Well, let's get back to it. And he says, or any of the host of heaven, which I have forbidden, it is told to you and you hear it. Then you shall inquire diligently, failure one, and if it is true, failure two, and certain, failure three, that such an abomination has been done in Israel, then you shall bring out your, or you shall bring out to your gates that man or woman who has done this evil thing, and you shall stone that man or woman to death with stones. If you weren't sure what stoning means, right? And so we jump to Leviticus, Amen, girl. In Leviticus 24, uh, 16, it says, Whoever blasphemes... Remember, these are the things... So I'm, I'm saying these because these are the things that he is being accused of. It says, Whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely uh, be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him. Interesting. The sojourner as well as the native when he blasphemes the name shall be put to death. So let's jump back in Acts. Back in Acts 7. This is towards the end of it. I can do this. This title of mine says, The Stoning of Stephen. It says, Now when they had heard these things, I'm in verse 54. Follow along, please. And it says, Now when they heard these things, they were enraged. They ground their teeth at him. Have you ever been so mad like you're grinding your teeth to where they show and you're like, like everything tenses up. I could tell because I get cramps. Like sometimes when my kids don't listen to me, I'm like, take out the trash. Like I don't take out the trash. I'm like, take out the trash. They don't take out the trash. This part of my neck freezes up and I get a little upset. And that's probably why I've got to see a dentist either way. That's what's happening. But on a grand scale. Amen. Right. And so it says, he says, but he full of the Holy Spirit gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see, <clears throat> behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. That's our hope, right? That's what we pray for. That's why we study. That's what we strive for. That's why we hunger for the word. That's why we try to absorb as much as possible because the goal is is that when we die we see the same thing. Not in this case. I want to be killed by rocks but it is what it is. But our goal is to have that in the end. Stephen was dying for his faith. Stephen was getting Stoned to death because he loved Jesus, right? Sorry, it says. <clears throat> here's that mob violence again. And he said, and then it says, uh, but they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together. Like, I think that would be hilarious to see, like running, like they're gonna. I don't know. And it says, but they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and they rushed together at him and then they cast him out into the city. So they're following what's happening here, right? And it says, and they cast him out of the city and they stoned him. It says, and the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. It says, as they were stoning, Stephen then called out. He called out. He said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He said, and falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Right? So if you look at Luke 23, verse 34. So, if you don't know where we are in the book, this is where Jesus is hanging on the cross. <coughs> and it says, or verse 36, sorry, glasses are fogging up for some reason. It says in verse 34, it says, And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and they cast lots to divide his garments. So, Sounds real familiar, right? The only thing that's missing is an actual evidence. Mob violence. Going against everything that they have already done. But the question is, is that are, are we resisting God's plan for us? He's always there. Like he's, he, he's, he's, he's always there. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere, Right. And so, I'm going to ask you what your relationship looks like. And I don't want you to shoot it out or blurt it out or tell me what it looks like. But I want to know if you're even on a scale to compare to what we just saw with Stephen or what we just read about Stephen. And so, what does that look like from here? Well, that looks like establishing a relationship. Stephen was still pretty young. It doesn't say, but it says it doesn't say his age, but. Uh, he can't be terribly old, maybe in his 30s, if I had to guess. Um, but he had a relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, it was, it was 30, I'm going to mess this up, 33 AD, roughly, when this happened. And it says, and what I wrote down was relationship, knowledge, things we build off of. But I also wrote down a hunger for the word. Because my students, my, my students know that we always talk about in our classroom there's a difference between reading the Bible and studying the Bible. So are you just reading your Bible or are you studying? Do you say you have a relationship with Jesus Christ or do you just or do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? I've been baptized. I'm good. Or do you actually have a relationship? And I apologize for the glass is fogging up thing or my, my eyes are watering, but when you read the stories and when you, you understand what he was going through, it's hard and it's hard because I've read this story. So, okay, let me give you some backstory. So when we were told this, I don't know, hey, Timmy, uh, two months ago about filling in both me and Chad and we had discussed it for a couple of weeks, what we were going to talk about. And I had a completely different plan when I started but for some reason this story kept coming back kept coming back and so i, I just started reading it and I, I read it again and i read it again and then i saw things happening in our lives that reflected the same thing people making decisions based off of lies i don't want to break any hearts but you may be some of those people You might have heard something and, excuse me, not checked it out. And now that's truth. What you believe is now your gospel. What you have made up is now what you think is right. Um, I had a guy, this is a long story, and and he has passed away. Not from me, but he's passed away. Um, But this is when I I used to be a supervisor. And I'll tell you this quick story because uh, I've got a few minutes. But he called me once. There was some miscommunication, and he called me once and he hung up on me i'm not a fan of that ask my kids Uh, but then i called him back and he gave me another round of uh, of guff that's what i'll say and so he hung up again well like my kids are getting ready to get whipped if that happens like but me i'm a face-to-face person i want to talk to you if anybody knows me that's usually how i work and so i grabbed my phone i grabbed my hard hat and i left and the guy in my office is like here we go Well, so I go and I meet this guy and I've never met him before, but I walk up to him and he's like worried because he's not, this isn't normal. But I walk up to the guy and I introduce myself. Hey, I'm Corey. The guy you just cut off the phone with at a rapid rate. And so I explained to him what I had to say. And from that moment, we became friends. I didn't give him the opportunity to have an opinion about me because I introduced myself. Hey, this is me. So now he knows who I am. Stephen's standing in front of the Sanhedrin. He's standing in front of the high priest. He's getting berated and told that he is a blasphemer and that he's talking against God and you're saying the same thing that Jesus said about destroying the temple and you're the worst person ever. Stephen's like, hold on. And then he rebuts everything. Not in defense, because he knows what's going to happen. The case is built against him. There's enough people there. He knows what's going to happen. But he pleads, but he doesn't even plead. He tells him. And so we see how the result of that in the end. Stephen is stoned. He's put to death, right? This runs the same route as, as Matthew 23, as I said. And Don't follow the mob. Have faith like Stephen. We talk about faith like Daniel in the lion's den. That's pretty cool. I think I'd rather face a couple of lions than a bunch of people, right? What would you rather fight—a fifty-foot duck or fifty ducks, kind of thing, right? And I think I would, much, I would much fare better with—I would fare much better with a, a den of lions. And I hope my, my faith would carry me, and that uh, God would be hanging out with me. But people are different. Right now, where we are, July nineteenth. 2023, the court of public opinion is a very real thing. We're seeing these things play out again, and we need to go back to Scripture and realize that that's not how it works. We have to seek the truth. The truth is here. This is the gospel, not six pages out of it or five verses. This is the gospel. This is the word of God. Amen? Amen. So we need to remember that. When we come in here, we can't just come in here and just sit and listen. All right, that's cool we have to hunger for the word. So what, what, what's next? What is your next step? I can't tell you what your next step is because I don't know where your walk is, but I can tell you that there's about seven or eight adults in here that love every single one of you to death. Some of them are not in here tonight because they're on travel or doing something, but every single adult that is in student ministry loves you. If you have questions, fifth graders, don't raise your hands, I wanna call you out, but there's fifth graders in here tonight And one of the things we talked about during camp, every single night that I taught, I ended with a challenge. Do you remember what that challenge was? I had so much hope for you. (laughs) (sighs) Ask questions. Ask questions. Ask questions. You say it. Say ask questions. Ask questions. Yes. Oh, oh, Miss Jessica, what, what was the challenge? Yes. Ask questions. Do not be afraid to ask questions. If you get into a hard spot in the Bible, and I wrote this down in my notes, but I want to say in here, if you get into a hard spot in the Bible, don't decide what that says based off of your opinions. Like, oh, that's what that means. You need to follow. You need to trace, chase. And during all this, you will grow. So what happens next? I don't know. The altar's open. Come pray. There's adults in this room that will love to talk to you. I'm thankful that you guys came tonight, and I appreciate every single one of you, and I love you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come tonight, Lord, just say thank you. Thank you for everything. Just thank you for everything. Thank you for the opportunity to to speak tonight, God. Thank you for uh, just giving me just the confidence to be up here and uh, speak your word, Lord. I just pray as we close out tonight that uh, we have conversations, that we have... Prayer that we enjoy the worship that we absorb the worship that we remember Lord that when we when we read your word that we study your word, that we hunger for your word I pray for a hunger I pray for a thirst for your word Lord I pray the gospel lives and grows in each and every one of us Lord it's your Holy Name, I pray amen.